<laughs> Hello, I'm Kaylee. And I'm Evie, and we are two gals here to have an honest discussion about all things sex, mental health, and self love. Twice a month, prepare for no filter and pure honesty, covering everything from improving your mental health to discovering your body. Welcome to Clitory the Best, conversation with Valentina, the founder of Day, discussing the gender pain gap. Hello. Bye. (laughs) We got there in the end. Yes, Yes. thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, wanting to come on. This is so exciting. Mm, I think you, you're going to be our biggest guest so far. Oh, really? That's very kind. <laughs> really kind. Yeah, we love Day. Yes, Aww. we do love Day, and I, I tell everyone about Day. We love you guys as well. <laughs> well, if you could please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Of course. So I'm the founder of Day. We're a female health research and development company, which is on a mission to bridge the gender pain gap. And what is the gender pain gap, you ask? Um, It's, you know, a few different things that happen to women when they're trying to obtain forms of healthcare, whether it's pain relief or um, whether it's endometriosis diagnosis, PCOS diagnosis, vaginismus. Unfortunately, we know too little about female Mm -hmm. pain, which has resulted in women being undertreated and this whole issue being underaddressed. So this is why the company was started. Right now, we have a team of about 30 people um, who are all working really hard on creating our products. We manufacture in-house, we build the brand in-house, and we really exist to make periods and altogether much better experience. And we're starting with menstruation, but we want to expand into other female health um, issues and um, other female health conditions as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Yeah, that is so important. I mean... I think any any woman can understand the pain gap and not being taken seriously. Yep, it mm, happens sure. more than it should. Yes, yeah, and I don't mm. think that uh, the uh, that men understand, or even it's. And I know my partner; it never even crossed his mind that um, that that is a thing. Yeah, talk yeah. about talk about that. It was really funny for me when I was fundraising um, in order to be able to finance the company, having to you know explain why tampons have a string to a room full of you know 50 year old men that is probably (laughs) the highlight of my career so far oh god they didn't understand that you just had to get it back out again yeah why tampons have a string or why there are 18 tampons in a day box because apparently they've never met a woman with an 18 day period so why would we sell 18 tampons (laughs) per month Oh, wow. Yes, they definitely <laughs> underestimate the power of a period. For sure. Yeah. Mm, yeah. For sure, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we uh, one of the questions is, um, how have women historically been dismissed when it comes to pain? Um, mm. Yeah. It's a big one. Yeah. I think it really starts with this general massive lack of understanding of how the female physiology works. Um, So not a lot of people know this, but actually until 1993, it wasn't illegal to exclude women from clinical trials. So it was only in 1993, so not that, what is that, like 25 years ago, that Mm. um, the FDA in America, this is the Food and Drug Administration, uh, the body that regulates all medical devices, all drugs in the US, that's the first time that they decided, hey, actually, if you're putting a new sleep medication out there, if you're putting a new painkiller out there, you need to test it on the female physiology rather than just on the male physiology. Um, So until then... I did not know that. 
most of the medications that are out on the market already have only been tested on men. Um, and it was assumed that oh, wow. um, men um, were, you know, equal to women, even though our physiologies are so vastly different. So women were just considered mm-hmm. smaller men, uh, men that weighed less. Yes. The main reason why we were excluded from, uh, you know, clinical trials, medical innovation was because it was widely considered that um, the hormonal fluctuations that happen during our menstrual cycles would pollute clinical trial data. Um, this is, uh, you know, this is kind of the short explanation of the gender disparity in uh, clinical um, innovation. Um, yeah, um, and that mm. still continues until today, you know, a PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome that uh, affects about one in four women, and it still takes an average mm. of seven years to be diagnosed with that condition. Um, similarly, with people who experience endometriosis, so one in 10 women, endometriosis actually costs mm. the UK economy uh, upward of 2.8 billion every year, yet we still don't have oh any understanding of the disease, really. Um, another yeah. really disturbing fact about endometriosis is that one of the largest endometriosis studies and the best funded endometriosis studies so far that we've had is an Italian study that uh, wanted to answer the question whether women that had endometriosis were perceived as more attractive. So whether they were perceived as having larger breasts, larger thighs, things that are typically considered sexually attractive to, you know, cisgender men. Um, so that that is one of the best funded, largest endometriosis studies that we have. Why, whether um, a woman that wow. has endometriosis is sexually attractive or not, why that has a, a, an impact. Why I'm is the, that even important? That's insane. I can't really give you the answer. I'm not aware. Yep. Italian men ran that study. Oh no! Wow, well, men are behind a lot of funded things, aren't they? I, I actually had no idea about the um, exclusion of women in clinical trials, and and it just they sort of uh, seem to make it out like the hormone fluctuation is our fault, like pollution of the clinical trial data. It's just it's awful. Like it has to be inclusive, otherwise it's useless. Yeah, behind the population. Yeah. Another fun fact for you is that um, erectile dysfunction only affects about mm-hmm. less than 20% of men. And mm-hmm. um, the studies that have been done on erectile dysfunction outnumber the studies that have been done on period pain, five to one, even though period pain affects nine in 10 women. That's, you know, official governmental statistics by YouGov, nine out of 10 women experience period pain. Oh, shocking. Yet, we, we actually still don't have a full medical explanation as to what causes period pain. There are a few different theories and there are a few different schools mm-hmm. of thought, but we don't have a fixed explanation. If there was ever an example of uh, male privilege, it's that. It's that. Just the idea that a man can't... I mean, and not that erectile dysfunction isn't horrible. I'm sure it is, but it, I, it, it's just awful that that is yeah. deemed more important mm-hmm. to tackle than physical and emotional pain in nine out of ten women yeah yeah it was really actually when it it is Mm. quite quite poor taste um another Mm. interesting fact is that when viagra was initially being tested um it had the potential to be effective for period pain as well so the early clinical studies showed that it could be effective for period pain uh but the national institute for health um in america decided that um future studies and future investment into future studies should be put into the erectile dysfunction functionality of Viagra rather than into period pain because period pain was not considered a significant enough issue. Not significant enough. Well, it's crazy because Viagra 
so, sorry, Kelly. Viagra is um is, is free uh, in the UK, but um, uh, the morning after pill and stuff like that we have to pay for and period products and stuff like this. It just makes Viagra's no sense. Free. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can um, get it for free. Yeah, well, wow. today Scotland yeah, announced that they're doing free period care products, so that's amazing. Yes, yeah, in that's, Scotland. So that I was really great. hope that that um, sets the tone for a lot of countries, and I hope that they mm. try and follow in suit. Things are moving in the right yeah, direction. We can only pray. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this this like terrible history of dismissal and disbelief of our pain. How has this affected our treatment over the years? Yeah, it actually affects us really significantly today. Um, another thing that a lot of people don't know is actually the leading cause of death in women is heart disease and heart attack. Um, a lot of us mm. assume that the leading cause of death in women would be breast cancer or ovarian cancer, but it's actually heart attacks. And because of the, the way that the diagnosis protocols for heart attacks were developed, they were only tested on the male physiology. So we completely missed out that women have vastly different symptoms when they're experiencing a heart attack from these symptoms that men are experiencing so women present themselves with heart attacks in emergency rooms and they're turned away because the doctors have never been trained to look for the symptoms that typically uh you know poke their poke their heads in women um so a, a really grim statistic is from 2016 is that um on average 50 percent of women are likely to be misdiagnosed when having a heart attack and turned away from receiving emergency care um, because we, we don't have the same symptoms as men. Um, and, you know, given that, that this is the, the leading cause of death in women, um, it, it, it really warrants a bigger conversation. Um, yeah, it's a matter of life and death that this, that, yeah. Yeah, this pain gap when is I, really... A, yeah. When I think of heart disease, I don't generally think of women. It does in in our uh, in our heads. It's sort of more seen as a male disease. I wouldn't have thought that that was the leading cause of death in women, and to no. literally turn women away that have had uh, that are expressing these signs and symptoms just because they didn't they didn't learn that to be inclusive or the differences between men and women. Yeah, it, it, it's just mm-hmm. it's so ignorant of the. Yeah, I remember seeing a statistic online. I don't know if you know this, Valentina, but it was that um, in emergency rooms or in like men are seen like minutes quicker than women are in in terms of pain and stuff like that. 20 to 25 minutes quicker. So in emergency rooms, men are given painkillers 20 to 25 minutes quicker because female pain is often perceived as hysteria. Uh, it's often mm-hmm. seen as you know this is only in your head it's not real whereas when a man presents himself with pain symptoms uh to a doctor to an emergency mm-hmm. room it's immediately perceived as okay perceived as okay let's help this guy out let's give him painkillers um, and you know an extra 20 25 minutes more to be in pain is a significant amount of time yeah can make a massive I difference know in, in my experience because um obviously as a woman, I regularly have pain, a period pain every month, as well as anything else that I might get, uh, colds, other things that, you know, anyone gets. I know that I'm often, uh, people have said to me before, like, oh, you're always sick, or, oh, you're sick again, or, and, and it's not taken seriously, and I have yeah. seen it myself at my work, um, as soon as my male co-worker says, I'm not feeling well, they're immediately like, oh, you're right, maybe you should go yeah. home. Yeah. And it's so it's so instant and it's so obvious when you start noticing little things like that, like 
immediately it's like, well, if he's saying, if he's reaching out and saying that he doesn't feel well, then he must be feeling really terrible just because I would oh, he's so brave. myself. He's so brave, yeah. yeah. How yeah. have you been feeling like this, you poor thing? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because we're seen to express ourselves more or if I'm in pain, I won't, I won't be keeping it a secret to try and power through. Well, you shouldn't, right? Why should you? Exactly, not, why should I? Nothing no one's interested for you to be keeping your pain. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it's awful. I, I mean, I didn't know that statistic about emergency rooms. And now that I've heard about the erectile dysfunction medication, I'm just, I'm not surprised, but unfortunately not surprised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, something that the NHS did recently is update its prescription guidelines for um, ibuprofen, so for, for the most common painkiller, because the 250 milli- milligram um, dose that is typically administered, again, only mm-hmm. being tested on the male physiology, works on the male physiology, but actually does not work on the female physiology. Uh, we need a much mm-hmm. higher dose, so we need about 800 milligrams. Uh, of ibuprofen for it to to have a, an impact. And we've known this anecdotally, right? Because we keep hearing people on their period say, oh, I had to take a whole pack of ibuprofen yeah. today and then feel really yeah. bad about mm-hmm. it. But actually for, for the medication to work, you as a woman with the female physiology need a significantly higher dose. Wow, I, did, I didn't know that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense because uh, they do say, you know, take you know, paracetamol and ibuprofen and you'll feel better. Like, I've taken all the ibuprofen I've got mm-hmm. and I do not feel better. Yeah, I'm like, this doesn't work on me and I just don't bother taking it. But I guess, yeah, I'm just not taking <laughs> the right dose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, good. Um, yeah, so how did um, your research and interest into the pain gap um, lead into the creation of day? Um, so I was, I've always been suffering from really painful periods, um, pretty much since I had my first period. I had my first period when I was really young and, uh, was put on contraception when I was about 11, just to deal with the, uh, horrendous period pain that I was getting. And it, it always made me think like, is really, is contraception the best thing that I should be taking for my period pain? There is really nothing better. There is nothing else that I, I, I could be taking. It's contraception um so that's what really inspired me to think about alternative solutions and then um i was doing some research on industrial hemp as a whole um and i was reading about how absorbent the fibers are and how the um uh extract from the flower um is pain relieving um the extract from the hemp flower and that's what gave me the initial idea to uh, create a tampon that will be more absorbent and pain relieving created from the same Plant. Great, yeah. we are great very idea. grateful for that because yeah. I love your yeah. CBD tampons and on top of that then being sustainable it, it's just the perfect product because when, when you're mm. you know not feeling very well and and especially when you have to use this stuff every single month yeah mm. yeah you yeah. have you have to make sure that um you know the products that you're using every day are clean and safe and tested so we always encourage when people um you know have really extensive questions about um our clinical research and um you know the validation that we've done i always encourage people to actually you know speak up and ask these questions because you you should be holding mm-hmm. every brand that you purchase from to the highest standard possible yeah absolutely yeah. You should be especially it's going in your body mm-hmm. yes exactly um yeah i have found that reaching for cbd has been sort of replacing my excessive use of ibuprofen and paracetamol um, more recently because it just feels more effective and also more sustainable and also just less damaging on your body. Um, a lot of the opioid medications for pain relief that I get given have these all these nasty side effects and it 
it's really comforting to know that I can use the CBD. Yeah, mm. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, that's what we've seen in our clinical studies, that the CBD tampon works faster than common painkillers in terms of, uh, you know, the speed of administering a pain relieving effect uh, with yeah. fewer side effects. So it doesn't, because it when, when you insert CBD vaginally, it doesn't travel through your digestive system. It doesn't get recycled through your liver or your kidneys. It only gets recycled through uh, your pelvic organs, which means that you have a lot less side effects. Uh, you don't have a systemic effect like you do when you take medication orally. Um, yeah. it, it just mm -hmm. works right way where you need it. Um, and administering, administering it vaginally also allows us to administer a smaller dose with a higher impact. Mm. Yeah, it's localized and it's, you know, it's immediate, which is perfect. The way forward. <laughs> it's the way forward. <laughs> so what would you say your main mission with day is? What is your sort of ideal? Yeah, so it's really to kind of raise the standards in female health, make female health products and services better altogether, whether it's better from an efficacy perspective, better from a sustainability perspective, better from, you know, a brand, language and inclusivity perspective. Um, and also to, to build an organization mm -hmm. that internally is very healthy, very happy, built on a foundation of trust and safety um, so that everyone within the company can can do their best work and uh, create the best products possible for our community. Well, we're Great. so glad that you're yeah. out there doing that. Oh. <laughs> and for your employees as well. Like that, that sounds well, like a very nice yeah. and healthy place to work. We, we don't always get it right, but we try. Well, yeah, I think that's the yeah. main, main point is that everyone seems to be trying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so can you tell our listeners where they can find Day if they're interested in trying it? Yeah, so you can go on our website, your dayee.com so your day with an e.com um, and if you use the code newbie n-e-w-b-i-e you get five pounds off your first box um, and we're also on social media so you can find us on instagram and twitter we're at meet day nice Perfect. yeah and I want to say I really, really enjoy your glossary on your website. It's oh, thank you. So helpful. Um, I mean, even just for my biology degree, maybe I need to start sourcing that because it's so handy. Yeah, um, yeah. We, uh, our female health library, which everyone can find for free on our website, that was effectively the first product that we ever made, um, and mm. we're really, really proud of it. Yeah, it's mm. very extensive, and I think it is. Yeah, very useful for a lot of. Uh, especially young people that may not know their own bodies in depth yeah or um yeah i like that it even covers uh the uh, female genital mutilation as well so it's not just periods it's it's just female health which is great yeah because well, i feel like health. lots of yeah lots of um people don't really know about things like pcos or endometriosis vaginismus until it happens to them so i think yeah that's it's important to get that out there yeah, and, you know, just <clears throat> uh, help everyone educate themselves, help men learn more about um, what we go through um, so regularly and, you know, be more empathetic and more understanding and mm -hmm. um, help get behind the cause as well. Because, you know, something that we say all the time a day is female health is human health um, and everyone mm -hmm. should be a supporter. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a good understanding, mm -hmm. um, not just for women, uh, not just for any uterus owner, but men too men men should understand what we have to go through um i saw a quote i think i can't remember where it was but it was, it was a woman that said i can do everything you can do whilst bleeding 
Yeah. Lots of times, people don't realise we're going about our lives, doing normal things, going to work every day. Just because we're not crying on the floor or screaming, it still hurts. Yes. I've had my own family say, aren't you still in pain? And I say, (sighs) yep. Um, consistently oh but you seem fine well what do you want me to do I have to live I have to live my life and go to work and be seen as a normal person I can't break down every day even if I feel like I have to or want to and I don't think that that even crosses their mind sometimes when they see someone I see a woman walking past um yeah you just never know Yeah, and yeah, maybe ask, yeah. you know, just ask um, ask a woman today whether she's on her period and if she is, how she's doing, whether she needs anything or, you know, just anyone that's menstruating. Absolutely. We had some questions, didn't we, Evie? Oh, yeah, we do, we do. We have um, a question from one of our followers that said... Oh, oh I forgot to get it up. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> funny. Something about hysteria, I believe it was... Um... Oh, we have a new podcast in Hysterics um, with oh, Dr. Stuka. It's a female hot podcast, eight episodes covering uh, all of the latest, most interesting topics in in female hot. So um, please take a listen. We're really proud of the work that we've done there. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, the question is, how do you think hysteria um, historically has played a part in um, the pain gap? Yeah. We've kind of covered it, but... (laughs) Yeah, just uh, a little bit, but it's still a really, really relevant question um, Mm -hmm. because you uh, obviously, you know, still have female pain be perceived as imagined or not worth treating or, you know, not worth investing Mm -hmm. in, whether it's in female hot startups or in female hot research and innovation. We see that all the time. It's incredibly hard to find resources to do things differently in female hot. So I think... Those are just some of the ways in which, um, you know, our sexual, vaginal, reproductive, hormonal health has been mm-hmm. um, always, you know, sidelined. Yeah. Uh, just the word hysteria, um, I think it's from Greek um, for hysteria, is it hysteria? I think means uterus. Just that yeah. word, the fact that they've taken just yeah. a, the, a Greek word for uterus to turn it into something that is shameful and sort of like a disorder like oh you're in hysterics I can't Mm -hmm. can't believe the origins of the word itself is it's just it shows how yeah it just shows how little our pain is seen as yeah well let's reclaim that word let's make being hysteria a, a good thing you know, having yes. having a uterus. <laughs> <I'll try>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you so much for coming on, Valentina. Thank you for great. having me. Really appreciate yeah, it. This was, I didn't know a lot of that, so that is it was very educational. Thank you oh, so much. That's great. Okay, everybody. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>